Is inflation taking a bite out of your grocery budget? Andrews Federal Credit Union is here to help. Introducing our Inflation Buster Share Certificate with 5% APY for seven months now through December 14th. Bring your money to Andrews Federal Credit Union today. The Inflation Buster account must be open with new money. Andrews Federal Credit Union membership is not just for the military. We also serve the community. Visit andrewsfcu.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership eligibility required. APY equals annual percentage yield. Must have $1,000 minimum balance to earn advertised APY. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. probably like the 10th time that I tried to record this um, there's a lot of just technical difficulties and it was kind of getting frustrating at one point but I managed to get a, a draft in and after listening to the draft you know I really got encouraged by God just to keep trying like to make sure that no matter how many times it takes me to get uh, the word of God out I have to make sure that I'm continuing to do so so thank you uh, for guys for bearing with me you guys might not know like the trouble that I took but by God's grace, His word is coming for us, so we thank God. So, let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to grow, draw closer to you, Lord, and to know you as our Father, as our Master, as our Lord. Lord, we pray that as your word comes forth, Lord, may it come forth in spirit and in truth, Lord. We, we destroy and we bind every work of the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that no weapon f- formed against us will prosper in this this recording, Lord. We pray that the word will come forth in power and righteousness, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you help us to be molded and shaped in the image of Jesus Christ day by day, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you give us the power and the grace to overcome sin. And we pray, Lord, that we'll continue to walk in holiness, walk in righteousness, walk in obedience to the word of God, walk in purity, and walk in faith, Lord. We thank you for everyone who is listening and being encouraged by this word. And we pray, Lord, that you will be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today, we're going to be talking about grace as an empowerment. And right off the bat, um, one of the, the misrepresentations of grace that I've seen before has been people thinking that grace is a license to sin. That because we're no longer bound by the law, that grace is an empowerment to, oh, okay, we can go sin now because we're not bound by the law. And that is not true. The truth is that grace is actually an empowerment to keep us away from sin and to continue to help us to grow into our relationship and um, our sanctification in, in Christ. And so first I'm going to be reading from Romans chapter 6. And Paul, after he addressed um, that we are all under the penalty of sin and we are only justified by faith in Jesus Christ just as Abraham was and it was accounted to him for righteousness, even to us now that we are no longer bound by the law, but we are saved by grace through faith. 
And that grace is actually an empowerment to remove sin out of our lives, remove any strongholds out of our lives, and to be actually obedient, sanctified, and made holy, in the, and, and be made in right standing with God. So Romans chapter 6 says, Dead to sin and alive to God. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How, how shall we who died in sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were baptized with him through baptism. Oh, therefore, we were buried, buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the Father, by the glory of the Father, even so shall we walk in the newness of life. And so we see here that the grace that God has given us actually does not mean that we should live any longer in sin. But it actually means that we have an opportunity to remove sins uh, power and grip upon our lives because the law condemns us but grace forgives us because we're all subject to sin and we're all under the penalty of the law that we deserve and so because we all deserve condemnation and God gave us grace through Jesus Christ that grace that he's given us is actually empowerment because it's like think of it as a, in a, a judge uh, who has a, um, a guilty victim right and the victim deserves the punishment but then the judge shows mercy upon them and because the judge may not give him a harsh sentence or even a sentence at all, that person will be like, wow, I was guilty of this. I deserve this. I should even be in this position now. But because that person was so nice to me, now I can actually do better. I can actually walk in freedom. I can walk in, um, in a new opportunity. So in the same way with Christ, what he did for us is that we all deserve condemnation because of our sin, our sinful nature, and our disobedience to the law. But through, by, but through the grace of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, we're able to have that opportunity opportunity to walk with God, the opportunity to fellowship with God, to commune with God, for God to dwell in us. As uh, Colossians says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And that's only with that's only with the grace of God. Amen. And so another example of grace being an uh, empowerment for us to overcome sin is in John chapter 8. And I'll be starting from uh, verse 7. This is Jesus and the uh, woman who was caught in the act of adultery. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it being convic convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in, in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Amen. So we see with the woman, the woman deserves, you could say she deserves punishment, death, being stoned, being condemned, especially because Jesus is righteous. He, who, he knew no sin. And she was just caught in sin. But the grace that God gave her, that even though she deserved to be punished, even though she deserved to be stoned, even though she deserved to be condemned, God gave her the grace and said, I do not condemn you. Now go and sin no more. And the reason that Jesus said that was because if I condemn you, it does not empower you to overcome sin. Because you're like, wow, I got caught in sin and now I don't even have any chance to change or I don't even have any chance to overcome. Like, this, is, this is what it is going to be for the rest of my life. But Jesus knows, God knows that if I give them the grace that do not deserve, it will empower, if they understand it, and not to get out, uh, out of context or in vain, it will empower them to overcome sin. That 
I deserve death. He gave me life. Therefore, I will cherish and honor and give everything to the life that he's given me freely by grace. Amen. And again, so we see that the grace that Christ gave her was an empowerment to overcome the sin that she was going through. And also how it applies to us now is that because Jesus Christ gave me grace that I did not deserve, despite of our, my own sin, my own shortcomings, my own flaws, that grace that he gave me, though I do not deserve, it empowers me to live holy. It empowers me to live righteously. It empowers me to live godly in the present age. It empowers me to be obedient to the word of God because I don't deserve this. But because he's given me this opportunity, I'm going to use the opportunity to the best of my abilities in Jesus' name. And this is also why Paul, he has said um, in 1 Corinthians, Paul said that the grace of God toward him was not in vain. Because the grace that Christ gave Paul was an empowerment to fulfill the purpose and calling that God had given Paul upon his life. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10 reads, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of of God which was in me. So Paul is saying that without God's grace given to me and being used through me, I would not be able to fulfill the calling that he put upon my life. And so we see here again that the grace that God gave Paul, it empowered him and it strengthened him and encouraged him and motivated him to fulfill the calling that he had given on his life. And God will not call you to do something that he will not equip you to do. So the grace is the equipment to do the the um the will of the master. And if, if Christ had condemned Paul for his former persecution against the church, then Paul probably would not have been as grateful, as humbled, as thankful, as um, motivated by the grace that he received in the first place. And also, um, in 2 Corinthians, Paul, he pleads with the Corinthians to say, and saying that, that he's pleading with them, uh, excuse me, to say that they should not receive the grace of God in vain because the great, because the empowerment that they had for because the empowerment that they had to labor for the kingdom of God in the first place was by God's grace. You see? So 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 says, Working together with him, we strongly urge you not to receive God's grace in vain by turning away from sound doctrine and his merciful kindness. So the grace of God, or another way to think of it that I've learned from, I think like uh, uh, a post or something like that on YouTube, it, it, it explained... Uh, God's grace as an acronym and it said God's riches at Christ's expense so the riches the heavenly places that the abundance of blessings that we have that we're able to receive through Jesus Christ they, they came at the expense of what Jesus did on the cross so another way to think of grace is God's riches as uh, at Christ's expense G-R-A-C-E and so going back to what Paul said um, to the Corinthians he was, he was encouraging them, like, do not take the, the grace of God in vain. Because the grace of God is actually what helps you to do His will. It empowers you to obey God. It empowers you to be a witness to the nations. So do not take it, his, his grace in vain, but receive it gladly and hold on to His grace and rely on the grace of God. Amen. And it's also written in um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. It reads, Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. So we need the grace of God. It's, it's uh, how should I say this? It's, it's a necessary thing to have as a believer, the dependency, trust, and reliance on God's grace. 
So with that all being said, what exactly does the grace of God teach us? Like, we can talk about it, but what does it actually mean uh, in the word of God? And from Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 14, and it reads, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the hope for, for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and per, purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. So God's grace is to help us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age that we're in, and looking forward to the return of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that grace is an empowerment for us to live holy and to be able to produce fruit for the kingdom of heaven and to serve God while we're on this earth. That grace is everything that we need, the empowerment to do the will of the Father. And lastly, to conclude uh, with what Paul was saying in Romans chapter 6 uh, as our anchor scripture, the law actually makes us slaves to sin because of our corrupt sinful nature. But God's grace is where we find freedom from the sin from sin, from the law, and from condemnation. And our last reading will be from Romans chapter 6, verse 14 to 18 in the Amplified Version. And it reads, For sin will no longer be a master over you, since you are not under law as slaves, but under unmerited grace, as recipients of God's favor and mercy. What then are we to conclude? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under God's grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that when you are continually when you continually offer yourselves to someone to do his will, you are the slaves of the one whom you obey, either slaves of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness, right standing with God. But thank God that through, that though you were slaves of sin, you have become obedient with all your heart to the standard of of teaching in which you were instructed and to and to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, you have become the slave. You have become the slaves of righteousness, of conformity to God's will and purpose. So we have to be a slave of something, whether it's sin or righteousness. And God's grace, through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, it frees us from sin, condemnation, pain, suffering. Those things may still come, yes, but we are free from them having bondage and authority over our lives. So that's all for today. Thank you guys for really listening to me. Um, again, like I was really having a lot of audio issues and like just problems recorded, but by God's grace, amen. By God's grace, we we're able to record. And I pray that this was an edifying word uh, for me, for everyone who's listening. I pray that God was glorified. I pray that the will of the Lord was done. And I pray that we will be able to walk in the grace of God, walk in understanding that God has empowered us to live a holy and righteous life on earth that God has given us grace. He's given us everything that we need pertaining to life and godliness. Second Peter chapter one, verse three. So again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for my friends who encouraged me to share and um, to really speak more about the podcast. God bless them. I love everyone who's listening. Jesus loves you. And until we see each other again. Amen. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.